0: <laughs> That's phenomenal. You are a superstar, Mama <laughs> Pang. Don't let anybody tell you anything otherwise. <laughs> Lord have mercy. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel like you use that? The- okay, so did you, you say so you came here for theater, but did you get the theater degree? Or did I did you go- not. Okay. No.
1: I went um, two years uh, in theater for performance theater and. Uh, loved it but then I had to take a class which was required for all theater majors uh, which was a stagecraft class mm-hmm. and fell in love with stagecraft which if you know me you would never imagine that I would enjoy being in the limelight or being actually not in the limelight but behind the scenes uh-huh. and I loved it I was all about like the making the Making the sets and painting the sets and hurrying to get sets put together and all that and and I loved it and that was great. So then I thought, well, maybe I'll change into set production and stagecraft. And then um, I thought I am never going to make any money in. <laughs> Getting a degree in theater. (laughs) And um, against one of my very favorite professors, uh, Will, Lori Merrill Fink. She was one of my very favorite professors, extremely talented uh, teacher, and an amazing human being. uh, Married to Tim Fink, who inspired me as well. Um, I left theater and I tested to get into uh, the School of Journalism. Mm -hmm. There are three schools at Southern Illinois University. There is lots of uh, colleges, Mm -hmm. but there are three schools. There is the School of Law, there is the School of Social Work, and there is the School of Journalism. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I thought, well, I mean, it'll be cool because I'm a decent writer and I like um, telling stories. So I'll test and see if maybe, maybe I'll be able to get into this school. And I and I did, and I tested into that school. And so um, I left theater and um, got into
0: the school of journalism. And that's the start of the next story for episode 22 of the WTF Carbondale podcast, where we talk to interesting people about their interesting lives and tie it all together real nice uh, to this little place we would call home, Carbondale, Illinois. And I'm ever so excited uh, for episode 22, because what a story <laughs> with Mama Pang. And that was perfect, too, because normally I don't, like, get the rollout, like, right on the how did you get to Carbondale type thing, but that was, like, a real just nice, like, perf- like solid transition to get to that so I'm going to have Lori and Tim on this podcast at some point. Oh, in time. they're so
1: amazing. Both I, I, of them.
0: I don't know if I'm going to get them on separately or together. And like I had this same issue like talking to Jerry and Solomon who run the hot dog carts, uh, as well. Because it's like I can't it's it's sometimes it's difficult to when you've got two people that are together known, but then are separately their own characters, that's a whole roundabout way to say. I grew up with aj yeah. in high school Their because son. so aj yeah. is best friends with my best friend's younger brother so all the and all the nice mind, neat little
1: um i was Lori's student in 1994 so that was a long long time ago <laughs> you know she was um i was in her movement class mm-hmm. and i loved it tim uh produced quite a few shows on uh, in the McLeod, mm-hmm. but my I loved back then it was called the Lab Theater. Mm-hmm. Now it's called the Christian Moe Theater, I, I think now, because Christian Moe was an incredible uh, professor in that uh, school, or in that uh, college, and see, when he passed away, they named the Lab Theater after him, mm-hmm. and it was uh, a theater more for like you know the avant-garde and and that kind of thing and that was my that was my deal I I got down with that <laughs> I enjoyed that um, the the main stage the the big stage at McLeod was a little intimidating to me and that's kind of when I fell in love with being backstage mm-hmm. you know for that rather than being on stage which yeah. nobody in this world would ever believe that I would prefer to be backstage rather than. Front and center, but it happened.
0: <laughs> well, you were nervous as all could be coming in here. Like, I don't want to be, I don't, no, be on. <laughs>
1: I don't, I mean, it's, you know, it's, I don't have any lines to rehearse. Nathan. Oh, okay. So you, <laughs> so
0: you need it to be scripted. Yeah. If you're going to be the yes. star of the show.
1: Yes. I mean, I wanted to know what you were going to ask me. I wanted to know how this was going to go, and you did not comply.
0: Yeah, not a thing. <laughs> not a thing. Not a thing. Have you watched any of the other podcasts? I asked I, people I this, did. and most people say no, so don't feel bad if you have I did.
1: I watched um, <laughs> William Lowe's. All
0: right. Yeah. Which was a-
1: great because, I mean, too, he's – you know, him and I are kindred spirits, and
0: – I'm sorry. No, I'm just kidding. I know, but
1: he is <laughs> – it was one of those situations where I was like, well, he – he wasn't nervous, uh-huh. you know, maybe he was, but he certainly didn't show it. But um, I enjoyed listening to that. And then I, I watched it as well, which was really interesting because it's weird to be uh, filmed whenever uh-huh. you're doing a podcast. Yeah,
0: <laughs> too. So well, that- and that, that was kind of part of the a couple of different things to go with. that. I, I had no idea how the how the video format of it was going to go. And like I, I knew that like, OK, well, the only way you're actually really going to get people listening is like you got to have a video platform to run with, to like put it on Facebook or YouTube or whatever for easier distribution and, and people willing to watch. And then something just kind of like clicked where it was like, OK, me in this little box and the guest in, a, in, in the full screen and like the hand motions and the very like waist to head type feel where you get the expression that goes along with the words, but you don't get. You get like just the right amount of activity when you get kind of that upper body. People talking with their hands and kind of gesturing. Well, and I'm terrible.
1: Like if I sat on my hands, (laughs) you probably I probably would just mumble because I'm (laughs) really bad about talking with my hands.
0: How like theater is the commercial kitchen world? Oh, wow. See, these are the questions
1: that I would have asked. But no, that's a awesome question. Um, everything. Um, rehearsal, performance, presentation. All of those things fall into line with whether you're standing on stage or whether you're presenting a plate to somebody that's going to eat your food. Mm-hmm. Um, I will never, ever pat myself on the back or shine my nails to (laughs) anybody saying I'm an incredible cook what I will say is that I'm an adequate cook and I will feed you something that you will like yeah um as far as theater uh same Uh (laughs) you know I can carry a tune I can follow in the chorus line Mm -hmm. you know but it's to me it's Everything in life, though, is all about practice, whether you're putting on a performance of theater or whether you're putting on a performance of food. Mm-hmm. It's the same. It's not the same. That's a ridiculous comparison, but it is the same. <laughs> yeah. It is the same. It's the same where you want to please people. You want to make somebody happy with your product. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's, um, in, in my world, that's, we were talking about that the other day with some friends where like, you know, where, where's, where's your core values lie? Mm -hmm. You know, do you, uh, are you driven? Well, and I'll backtrack a little bit. Um, I work at the university Mm -hmm. as a, as a cook and have cooked for the football players, uh, for years. One, uh, of the football players I cooked for was Jeremy Mm Chin, who is now plays for the Panthers. Mm -hmm. Um, That boy, his focus was unparalleled to Mm -hmm. anything I've ever seen in my life. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I don't own that ability. I don't, even if I was the very best at what I did, I do not own the ability of what that boy can focus on. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I don't. But here's the thing. It makes me happy to make other people happy. Mm -hmm. So what we talked about was, Like is your ability to focus and strive and do the best or is your ability to not necessarily settle because I think that's a crappy way to to describe it. Or is your ability just to make people happy? Mm -hmm. I don't. I don't have the ability to focus. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> you do both, girl. <laughs> it, it doesn't. I mean, I'm all over the place all the time. Everybody uh-huh. that you has ever met me knows that I have a notebook in my bag that has eight different lists going at eight different times because that's how my brain works,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it's not about me. It's about other people,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that's that's the way. Luckily at 45, I've decided that that's how my brain is. That's how I work. And that's okay. I used to, when I was younger, think, why can't I strive to be better? Why can't I strive to be this? Why can't I focus to be better? And I don't think it's a bad thing to make, want to make other people happy.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, I think sometimes people make you feel crappy about not, um, excelling as yourself, but in my, the way i look at it is that i do excel to make other people happy and that's not a bad thing so i anyways i did that with food eventually mm-hmm. after i got out of performance and i got out of writing and i spent you know almost 15 years in um, patient relations and patient advocacy with mm-hmm. the breast center of carbondale and I thought I can't sit in a windowless office anymore and I want to do something that makes me happy, but that also I'm good at doing to make somebody else happy.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And so I started a catering company. It's probably been 10 years ago, 11 years ago that Mm -hmm. I started Mama Pang, not Mama Pang at PKs, just Mama (laughs) Pang where I started, um, small event catering, um, micro farming um i started i taught uh classes in my home to teach canning the difference between water bath canning and pressure cooking and mm-hmm. guys you don't want to do that with green beans unless you really want to get botulism
0: you know <laughs> oh um, botulism
1: right and so it was really important to me to to teach people uh, almost survival techniques without sounding Ridiculous, because that sounds kind of ridiculous. It's
0: 2020, and being able to can as a survival technique. It I mean, is. The food system collapses in another 20 years, and all the 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 wacky doomsdayer types have but me included forgotten. have 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 been working to get Carbondale <laughs> to just have its own little you we've know forgotten where our food supply food comes from. Yeah.
1: You know, as a society, and and I'm not a doomsdayer, and I'm definitely not a prepper like Mm -hmm. even kind of (laughs) I just enjoy uh eating what I make and um preserving what I grow and so I started uh those classes and the first year I had like four students and it was really cool it was in my kitchen and it was just kind of a fun like thing because like I said I had some gals that were like oh I bought a um Oh, what are those things called that everybody's getting now? The uh, the air fryers? No, the, um, oh, the Instapots. Instapot. Instapot. There, yeah. there you go. Well, I bought an Instapot, so I'm going to can green beans. And I was like, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> no, please don't do that. <laughs> Again, not if you don't want to get botulism, <laughs> you know, there are certain, there are reasons that. Uh, food safety things happen and there. I've always been, um, an advocate for health departments, which I know a lot of, uh, restaurants are like F the health department, man. I'm not, I'm not one of those. I'm a huge advocate for them because I know why, you know, when you, I, I've spent so many years doing this and but anyways, so I don't know. I'm rambling. But, no,
0: you're, you're perfect. But um, uh, food, food, health departments are there to make you better. They're Well, they're also the there to
1: keep people safe. Yep. Um, I, I am an enormous advocate for our health department. Um, there are things that you're going to get dinged on. Mm-hmm. There's, when the health department comes in, everybody, I always tell, I have a couple employees at my establishment that I run and that the health department license is under my name. Um, I've always said, do nothing but tell the truth. Mm -hmm. When they come in and they temp your soup and they say, well, how long has this been cooking? And you, and, and because you feel like you have to cover, Mm -hmm. Oh, it's been cooking for four hours. Well, it hasn't been cooking for four hours. It's been cooking for 30 minutes and it's not quite up to temp. So by not (laughs) telling the truth, you're slitting your throat, you know? (laughs) So just, it, it food has specific temperatures uh-huh. and a specific performance uh-huh. i think there you go i don't know really how to tie that back in but truly it does there's reasons for certain things there's there's memorization that hap- has to happen there's um safety that has to happen and i don't know i'm Do just you- one of those people that i i am full-fledged down with the health
0: department right. and health regulations how do you um there was a there was a guy who was a butcher at schnooks who taught the uh health manager food course do you know who i'm talking about i chance? don't okay mm-hmm. so i can't remember this guy's name for the life of me. i just remember him but a portly tall old man who knew more about it's scary. It oh. makes you never want to eat out ever. <laughs> it really does. So he, when when teaching the class when I when I took when I was probably oh, I would have been like twenty two or twenty three. It's been nearly a decade at this point. Um, the this guy was talking about his time as a health inspector and how in the kitchen he like he walked into a kitchen. This is his like story that he told that you know he asked he asked a guy. A, a chef that was cooking you know or a, or a cook i wouldn't say, a chef would not have done what this lo, what this cook did if that makes sense right so so he's sitting there and he's like cooking a a a piece of of red meat uh to um to request and or to order and the guy goes well what should the internal temperature of that be and he like sticks it and he's like okay it's this and how much longer should you cook it for and so the the cook just starts and cooks it until it's burnt black, and he's like, "When are you?" Because he you... was
1: afraid to tell the truth. That's it. You know, you know, if you know your temperatures, if you know the safety zones of things, there's no reason to lie about anything. Yeah, that's what I tell my employees: tell the truth. You know the rules. All of my employees know mm-hmm. the rules. They know what it should be. You can walk in, and but but it's like being graded. Uh huh. You know, it is. It's scary. It's like being graded. Somebody comes in and says, well, you've got this soup cooking. Um, Are you reheating it? Yes. Well, what temperature does it need to be reheated to? Well, every reheat has to be reheated to 165 degrees.
0: Mm -hmm. Everything. Mm -hmm.
1: If it's a reheat. Now, if what you're talking about, you know, if it's meat, that's not the case. So just tell the truth. Your health department is not there to screw you. They're there to behoove you. They're there to help you. They're there to embellish your cooking situation and help you, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. But people get freaked out. And so then they lie. And then that's whenever all the bad stuff starts
0: happening. <laughs> Just downhill from there. I'm going to have to have Brittany on the podcast now, too. I hadn't even thought about it. Oh, enough. and, you know, <laughs>
1: she – I'm going to tell you what. Brittany, uh, the first time she ever came and inspected my kitchen uh-huh. – Was scared to death (laughs) because my kitchen Uh at PK's is so small Mm -hmm. and so makeshift. And so, but, but again, it was one of those situations where I was like, well, I'm not going to lie. Here it is. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a shit show, (laughs) but it's clean and it's, it's. I can promise you it's a hell of a lot cleaner than when Miss Gwen was here. <laughs> Sorry, Gwen. But,
0: <laughs> you know,
1: but even she was like, yeah, you know yeah. your stuff. Your staff knows your stuff. You know, I mean, that that gives you a little pat on the back whenever yeah. even the health department's like, yeah, we've never seen the fridge and PKs labeled as nicely and as adequately as this, you know. <laughs> so I'll take it.
0: Yeah, we were just happy to have the fridge and PKs
1: labeled. Right, we're happy to have a fridge. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have, have you all? So the did you give yourself the Mama Pain moniker? Did did you did you I, I pick that up elsewhere. Where where does Mama Pain come from?
1: Okay. So, I told you I started out in theater. Yeah. Then I moved into journalism.
0: Uh-huh.
1: I got into um, entertainment writing. Mm-hmm. I worked for the DE um, for a few years. As we all have.
0: no. Right? Um, started
1: the glyph. Helped start the little insert called the glyph. It uh-huh. was an entertainment uh, fold that went into the paper. And this was, again, this was years ago. This mm-hmm. was... Probably ninety five, when the de was a twenty two page paper. Oh yeah, you know yeah. back then.
0: Pulling pulling the old files out and opening up to yeah. see a. You it know, was t- an actual newspaper. Uh, and a you know a full daily. In, yeah. In the proper vein of and it, there and it's nothing to say. There's and they're killing that the it now. Students that are doing that has done anything to take it that direction. Well, like they and they're are- killing
1: it now because here's the thing: they're moving forward because it's things are going digital. Yeah, it just wasn't back then. You yep. know, I mean, it was wasn't an option. So I worked the entertainment desk then. I got poached from the DE um, in 1997 by a local recording studio called Noteworthy Studio. Mm-hmm. Um, that was owned by Kevin Graham and Todd Freeman. Mm-hmm. They were a um, very reputable recording studio. Mm-hmm. Um, to be basically their Girl Friday.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, um, I don't, I, you're going to have to give me more context. I don't understand the Girl yeah, Friday.
1: Yeah, I, I started out just kind of being a secretary, kind of being an administrative assistant. Mm-hmm. Then it evolved into, oh, well, she can... Um, talk some shit, and <laughs> maybe we should start a vanity label. So uh-huh. a vanity label was started called uh, Relay Records. They had reception records. Then mm-hmm. we started Relay Records. Relay Records, basically, back in those days, if you wanted to play a show in Chicago or St. Louis mm-hmm. or Nashville, um, if you didn't have a label, nobody talked to you. Mm-hmm so that was my job i became a manager of 17 different bands in carbondale one of the bands was the wax dolls Uh that consisted of sean dawson um, john rector and luke mcneil Um, and i think we were in chicago at the house of blues and uh we were loading in and of course the stage manager was like oh miss pangburn miss pangburn you can come up come up into this uh private area and we'll work out the terms and I was like I'm not coming in anywhere I'm getting our bands loaded in you know <laughs> I'm not one of those managers mm-hmm. you know so Sean Dawson actually nicknamed me Mama Peng, <laughs> but because I took care of everything uh-huh. I took care of when they where they slept when they slept <laughs> where they stayed you know when where, we, where they played, et cetera. So Mama Pang was coined from back when I dealt with local musicians a million years ago and a whole other
0: lifetime ago. That's but, cool. Yeah. That's cool that that has stuck with and carried through.
1: I was one of the few female managers in Carbondale that ever dealt with um, musicians on that kind of level ever that I know of. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it was crazy. It was awesome. It was great. I mean, I traveled the United States, really, Mm -hmm. with local bands from Carbondale. Mm -hmm. It was awesome. (laughs) But, yes, that's where the term Mama pang" came from is because I took care of those guys. Like, they were my kids. Yeah. And it continues on. I mean, not necessarily with musicians, but. Because I still take care of people like
0: they're my kids. <laughs> <laughs> and you were you were literally delivering soup. Yep.
1: Yep. <laughs> right before I came here, I took um, a couple of the SAU football players, some um, of my um, <laughs> French onion soup that they prefer. <laughs> Cody Kreider uh, had ACL surgery, and he really likes my – french onion soup so i made him and his girlfriend some french onion soup and homemade croutons and took it over to their house God, for them so
0: freaking cute
1: because <laughs> <laughs> i
0: love those kids you know absolutely adore them do you um do you will you, do you will you cook out of your out of your pk's kitchen or out of your siu kitchen or does it um, kind of no
1: at peak out of pk's okay um anything that's out of siu gets served there at siu okay, when so, i yeah, yeah, yeah if i cook it if i cook it if i do any kind of um catering it comes out of pk's because okay. i've had i have that license no. nice to do so. that but no i can't deliver anything out of siu otherwise you get charged with theft
0: from state property oh yeah okay. <laughs> yeah. that would do it i don't want that <laughs> i can i can understand that how um how did the how did the pk's kitchen like come to be as as it is now i mean was it just wow because you did you start before or after gwen passed I
1: started after Gwen passed away. Okay.
0: All right. Um, When Gwen
1: passed away, um, of course, I had been going to PKs for years, you know, and when Gwen passed away in June of 2018, um, they needed a license and I had the license. Mm -hmm. And so Curtis Conley contacted me about it and... Um, there, there was no question. I mean, that was just, yes, of course. Yeah. Then, um, it was, then I got laid off from SIU. 44 of us got laid off from SIU that year, um, which was devastating, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um, to have a job where you think you're good to go and everything's good and you're, you're a cook, a head cook and life's going great. And then, you're you're done. Yeah. Just get laid off. It was absolutely world wrecking and devastating and um so then that happened in May. Gwen passed away in June. I opened the kitchen in September. I had actually I had ankle surgery in August.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: August 30th uh and major ankle surgery August 30th and (laughs) opened the PK's kitchen September 10th. Wow. And it's been going strong ever since.
0: I am. As somebody who wrecked my ankle at the start of this pandemic, I can't imagine going from major ankle surgery to. I was in, well, I had um, 27 pins
1: and four plates in it and they removed half of the hardware. Uh, August thirtieth, prior to me opening it up. So I was in a boot for six weeks. Uh when I opened up the the restaurant, the kitchen and hobbled around for six weeks in a boot. Whatever. I loved Gwen that much. I was told her I I swear that woman was cussing me every day though. When I go in. <laughs> but yeah. And it's so that's how it's been going ever since. <laughs>
0: Why? Why would Gwen be cussing you every day? Oh, because
1: she did not like people in her kitchen. Oh, okay, oh, well, I yeah, still yeah, have that, that aspect of, picture. Okay. I have a picture of her on my fridge that will never ever come down, <laughs> and a handwritten note of hers uh-huh. that will never ever come off of that fridge that says "Stay out of my food." <laughs> yeah, and oh, it's well, cool. it will never come off of that fridge. She did not like people messing around in her kitchen.
0: <laughs> That's but, phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's relics like that, that, I mean, there there's just so much character in that in that one thing.
1: Oh, and she, you know, Gwen was. Everybody called her the grandma to everybody, and she was. I mean, she. I met Gwen when I was twenty-one years old. You know, and. And she loved people. And if I could ever have just an inkling of that love and respect for my customers or my friends or these people, then I feel like I've succeeded. Because she, you never wanted for anything if it came to Gwen. You didn't. She may give you a hard time about it. (laughs) You know, I know people that would get in trouble or, you know, need money or get themselves in predicaments mm-hmm. and Gwen would let them know that she was not necessarily happy but she would never say no to them. Yeah. She made sure that they were taken care of and eventually hopefully someday I can do the same. Yeah, Now I can just do it with food. Yeah. <laughs> I'll make you dinner but <laughs> <laughs> Gwen would have wads of cash in her pockets, but I don't have that kind of opportunity yeah, right yeah, now. Well,
0: there's, there's that, there, yeah, that that opportunity doesn't exist for anybody under the age of 55. Not in this now, country. Uh, no. <laughs> 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 you know, well, before or after the pandemic, either way, it's, right. uh <laughs> Oh, especially not right now. Gen you know, X, millennials, or or even Gen Z, and and trying to.
1: This pandemic's been very, very rough for especially for this line of business. Yeah.
0: 100%. I mean, what? who, I mean, I, I know we've lost some restaurants in town. I just can't even in my mind who I, QQ bubble tea hasn't been open. Uh, China express hasn't been open. Um, uh, I'm going down. Kind the strip, of the
1: line. Yeah. I mean, and the thing is, is that people will pop up, pop up and back, back out,
0: uh-huh. pop
1: up. But, Honestly, I told Wally um, today, I the exact thing I said to him today was, we have to be fluid with this. Yeah. I am a creature of habit. And if you know me, I've got a notebook in my purse at all times with lists of things that I want done. And I think I brought it up earlier. You can check it out the window because <laughs> right now, nothing... You just can't. Yeah. Everything has to be fluid, and you, if you can't be fluid, then then you're gonna sink.
0: That's what I told. Uh, that's why. I, well, I was telling you that when I when I went and got biscuits and gravy that um, um, that morning right before Wally decided like, hey, I need to hit the drawing board and, and figure this out. Um, like, a as a vegetarian, being able to go in and have those mushrooms, biscuits, and gravy. Oh my. God. I've been craving biscuits and gravy for a year. I didn't know you
1: were a vegetarian.
0: I am a vegetarian. Awesome! I, yeah, I started... Uh, I, I mean, it's been a little over a year now. Um, I watched whatever the documentary was on Netflix that came out. Um, it, it talked about all sorts of the health was benefits. Was it forks over knives? I could... I could t- it was whatever it was. It was the one where this dude did, like, a deep dive on it about how being a vegetarian versus eating meat affects your body. And it had, like a blend of both, you know, like shock value, like scary out of eating sure. meat stuff combined with like, look at these professional athletes and how they're utilizing a, a plant-based diet to, and
1: they're still professional athletes. Yeah. Yeah. I was a vegetarian for quite a long time, yeah. o- over 20 years. Nice. Um, not so much anymore. Okay. I'm, I, I get my meat on now, but, <laughs> but I think to, um, having been a vegetarian, um, I think being a vegetarian makes you a better cook mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because you can't rely on fat or juices or anything to make anything. You have to create those flavors mm-hmm. with spices or mm-hmm. with mushrooms, like you were saying, yep. With the, I think it's important. But, yeah, I was a vegetarian for years, so that's awesome. I'm so glad you came and had the veggie biscuits and gravy because yeah. that's a big deal because we use local mushrooms yep. for that. You know, which is a big deal to me. And that's, you know, been a huge, huge deal to me is trying to do as local as we possibly can with different aspects of our menu. And I'm so limited, mm-hmm. you know, there. But um, doing what we can is, is is what we can do. But like we do the local mushrooms from Flyaway, we mm-hmm. do local beef from Lick Creek you know, and that's a big deal mm-hmm. to us. So I don't know. I'm glad you, I'm glad you came in and had the mushroom gravy. <laughs> that makes me super happy. Yeah,
0: no, I mean, I, I, I got two full orders and they were lucky that they, that half of them made it home. The, um, <laughs> it, it just it was good. It was really good. I like, good. I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about them right now. And me too. Um, so, <laughs> so the, and, and I love like when, when you look at stuff, I mean, especially like flyaway right now and I, and I don't know how involved Annie is with uh, with the operations on the back end, I mean, I know she sells with. Um, is it Mike and mm-hmm.
1: Mike and? Um,
0: oh gosh, Jessica, Jessica, Thank yeah, you.
1: Mike and Jessica, Mushroom Mama.
0: <laughs> so see, so- I'm just
1: Mama. She's, right. mushroom she's mushroom mama. mama.
0: <laughs> well, and and so Anne and I, don't, I can't. I'm dying right now. Whether it's Anne or Annie, and I, I hope I've even got the right sister. Uh, their their mom, Miss Millard, was my grade school like art teacher. And so that's okay. How I know the, the sisters, but she's a she's like an executive chef level operator as well. Who's you know Anne Anne Yeah. Like, yes. She's incredible. Is she oh. is she doing more than just selling with him? Like is she working like with I their, don't.
1: I'm not sure. I think she was kind of doing um Long Branch stuff. Okay. And I know that she uses a lot of their product in uh-huh. her stuff, but yeah, that girl is an inc- an incredible chef. <laughs> I mean, um it's I-, I love just as a cook to watch people have piles of just stuff. Mhm. And create something beautiful. Yeah. And every time that girl has an opportunity to get her hands on anything, something incredible is created.
0: When every she, time. When she um, lived in Champagne for a little while, she would post every now and then some, some of the barbecue stuff she was doing up there. Yeah. And it was just like. Ugh. Yeah, and I, I, I think, grew oh up just
1: about 20 minutes south of Champaign. So whenever her and I got to talking and uh-huh. bullshitting about it. And she said she lived in Champagne for, I was like, wow, I grew up in Camargo, Illinois, you know, which <laughs> is my, if you don't have soybeans or corn, you're screwed. But, um, yeah. So then when she came back down here, she, yeah, I enjoy, I enjoy watching her, uh, perform. Yeah. Because she's got some incredible skills. That's for sure.
0: <laughs> the, um, Oh my gosh! There's there's so many uh, there's so many awesome offshoots that I could that I could get into now, and I'm like trying to wrangle my brain back in. Um, oh, that was okay. So there was the so I, I told I told Wally, and I was like, man, you got to go talk to Doug, and what Doug's doing at Keeper's like con, like the, every week it's a different restaurant, right? The way that he's thought through it, and the way that he's trying to you know push it through into survival, and he's like, dude, this is you know half of this is awful oh god what am i doing the other half is like the best thing that could have ever happened because now he's got all this opportunity to make it what he wants to right And like i I told wall i was like you got to go do this like i was like go talk to him see what his mindset is
1: well that's funny that you mentioned that because like a month two months six weeks ago maybe Uh um i brought up doing this like take and bake option from pks Uh
0: uh-huh
1: and uh, I was like, it may be a shit show. It may be great. Yeah. You know, but winter's coming up. People are busy. People are tired. People are over this shit. Mm-hmm. They, you know, you can get the Hello Fresh, or you can come down to Mama Panga Pk's yeah. and get a vegetarian lasagna or meat lasagna, mm-hmm. or you can get chicken and dumplings or whatever. You know, and just buy in bulk. Mm-hmm. And then I noticed Doug started doing the mm-hmm. take and bait. Well, I'm not gonna call it a take and bait because yeah. he's he's a little bit upscale
0: for You're me. Right. But <laughs>
1: <laughs> as well as Tom Place. Tom's place, same thing. You yeah. know, they're there but this is what our this is what we have to do right now. Yeah. To sustain our business because we can't have people come inside.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's November.
0: <laughs> we can't have
1: people sit outside. Yep. You know. And so if we're going to be in this business, we all have to figure out some kind of sustainable situation Mm -hmm. and everybody's just clawing at the cliff on what can I do? Mm -hmm. You know, what, what can we do? And we, it's, yeah, it's a struggle for sure.
0: And it's so much, right? Like it's, you're not, you're not, this isn't like, ah, I got to make the money in this, that the other, it's like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta float. Like I gotta stay afloat. Yeah, I mean, it. all, all I have to do is get to the other side of this. The other side of this, we, you know, it's two big questions from the the consumer. Where's the other track. side,
1: though? We don't know. Yeah, that's. I think that's the scariest thing. If there was a, hey, there's six more weeks of this. Mm-hmm. Cool, let's jam it out. We're gonna rock it hard and bust ass and get through this. But we don't, we don't know. Yeah, you know, and it's scary. And it's scary for people like me that uh, rely on this as our income, mm-hmm. but also it's very scary for front of the house people that yeah. their their tips and their service and I, you know, it's it's just a very scary time right now in this world. But what is super cool is that I've seen so much support mm-hmm. for. Um, local businesses, local eateries, you know, people just doing what they can do to help. And I think it's kick-ass. It's a big deal. I mean, it's a huge deal because, like I said, you just have to be fluid. It's not going to be the same today as it is tomorrow. Nobody knows. I mean, I can be like, oh, it'll be great. We're going to do this, 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 and this. Nope, that's not going to work. Okay, (laughs) let's rework this, you know, and we're going to do this, 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 and maybe this. So, you know. I think one of the main things I want to get across in this, if anybody's going to quote me on anything, (laughs) is just please support your people. Yeah. Support your local businesses more now than ever. It's rough on everybody.
0: What has it been like working at a – like at the – I mean – in a college space like this and the interfacing, like, I mean, you, at some point in time, I remember, I think you talked about like, you guys gone to like sack lunches and it was like strictly like there was no interface. Oh yeah.
1: Oh, you mean at the university? Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, I feel like, um, I work at true, Blood. I'm uh-huh. one of the head cooks at true blood when I'm not at mama Pang up PKs. Mm-hmm. So I'll line that out there. there I have go. no shame in that. And that's okay. Um, you got to hustle,
0: man. You, get, you right. get it where you can get it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: But I will say that I feel like that building is one of the safest buildings in town Uh as far as um, uh, taking care of wipe downs and and everything. Now, right now, um, we aren't doing the contactless delivery. Mm -hmm. You know, the kids can come in, um, but they can't serve themselves. Yeah, Everybody has to be masked. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know... Uh, how much longer that's going to last also when they go for home for Thanksgiving break they're not coming back till January so that's going to be a heavy hit to Carbondale oh
0: my god I didn't I didn't know that that like is that that's it has that been announced yet yeah I mean, oh, okay. they're I, not
1: coming back until January.
0: I, I didn't. I guess. Yeah, I. I, I hadn't heard it in any um, other. Which is place safe, yet. you yeah. know. They
1: don't want a bunch of kids going somewhere and then no, moving yeah, back into the dorms for two weeks, Just you know, so and then can... leaving again. So I feel like SIU has done an incredible job with safety. Um, I, I work with people every single day. Kid, i work with student workers mm-hmm. every single day and no one that i have personally worked with has been put in quarantine or gone out so that's we're doing something right
0: yeah well and it's you know you're, you're not going to get it 100 of the time but i mean there there are colleges around the country that have had proper outbreaks yeah you and, know, hundreds I, and, and all i can speak of... of
1: is from my standpoint and my hours and the and the time that i work there mm-hmm. we've I feel like we have done an incredible job of, you know, masks up, gloved, kids can't serve themselves, hand washing. Mm -hmm. I mean, rubbing alcohol placed every (laughs) which way but loose all over the place. But, you know, so it's good because can you imagine being an 18-year-old college kid right now?
0: Fuck no. No. I
1: I, I mean, (laughs) I... I remember my freshman year in college of being so carefree, so all over the place, meeting new people, meeting new friends, creating new social groups, creating new social circles. Yeah, they. I can't imagine what these yeah. kids are going through, and it breaks my heart, frankly. Yeah, for all of them, you know. I, so for us to just to do one small, teeny tiny little thing right yeah. was keeping them safe as far as eating.
0: <laughs> cool so one of the things that that interests me about this and i I was talking to um you know somebody at another at another restaurant um oh maybe it was last week or week before but it was like the safety of that restaurant is because you've got a giant vent hood constantly sucking air out and we're not recycling it through anything else we're literally pulling all that air out throwing it out the top of the roof and sending it on its way like I, that that to me is something where in your your well ventilated kitchens offers a little bit more safety than in you know, just your t- heck, even your typical office setting, right? Where there's just well, sure, air all except
1: the time. now nobody should be inside, anyways. Yeah,
0: that's that's a good point. You well, know, well, and, and I guess what I should say more so is like for for the kitchen staff that are still doing like takeout and delivery oh, for folks and, yeah. and things like that, like the kitchen staff are in a better spot there because okay, cool. Well, as soon as they breathe out,
1: right through their mask, we're lucky that we only have one person,
0: right? <laughs> <You> <laughs> that's know? that too, as well. You know, How, it's
1: that's what it is. If and I mean, at Mama Pang at PKs, we we don't have a big kitchen. You know, yeah. we don't have a, a enormous staff. It's very small, and we serve lunch. Yep. You know, so we're very lucky on that aspect that it's kept clean and ventilated well for that one person. Because <laughs> I mean, that's it. Yeah. Otherwise, I, I mean, because everybody's either served outside or it's to go.
0: Now now True Blood, you've got the the big Yeah, the Mongolian grill. Okay. That that so and and of course before all the COVID hit, right? It was all excited about oh you can you as a you as a townsperson can go to True it Blood. was so cool. It's such a neat like, thing.
1: <laughs> It's so cool. And nobody can come in now. That was one of the biggest I will say one of the biggest disappointments. Of all of this, and this is gonna sound really stupid, uh-huh. but this is gonna this is exactly me, the yeah. mama pang in me. Every year in August, when parents move their kids down, mm-hmm. they get to come into the dorm, they get to come into the dining hall and eat dinner with their kids. Mm-hmm. They couldn't do it this year. I hate that.
0: Yeah,
1: I love that opportunity to talk to parents and be like, we're gonna take care of your kids, or. Oh, your son's gonna work for us. Great. Well, we're gonna we're gonna teach him some work ethic. And yeah. No, we couldn't do any of that this year. None of it. They couldn't come in. They couldn't eat with their kids. It was a bummer. But so the kids can still come in now, but they still can't serve themselves
0: at all. Yeah. It's A total no-no. Is that is that what the is that what the mongolian grill was was like you could like pile up your own plate and then you all would like hit it like it's the we cook it for them
1: and then give it to them now they have to point at what they want and we put it together and cook it for them and give it to them but yeah there's no transference of hands at whatsoever from them to us at all
0: yeah, yeah no, just do. and
1: that. you know like i said it stinks but it's safe yeah you know which is good no, that's, it's that's, just a bummer
0: <laughs> you it's know? just and, it, and it'll take time right there's a lot of people like all throughout this there are there are people at all different points in life that are just missing out on their year and a half chunk of whatever that was supposed to be
1: like that's what i said can you imagine being a freshman in college right now it would suck yeah. it does suck yep. these kids don't even have the slightest idea you know like they can't I've got some really incredible student workers, and I'm like, "Hey, what'd you do last night? I work on Saturday mornings. Hey, what'd you do last night? Nothing. I worked on my paper.
0: <laughs> there's, there's no. Yeah, we went out and had such a good. Time. Are you like a? Are you like? Have you? Would you be like a confidant to some of these? Oh my God! Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm Mama Pang, dude. Mama fucking Pang. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. They right. tell
1: me things I don't even want to know, <laughs> but they're safe. You know, they know they're safe telling me this stuff, yeah. but these kids can't do shit. Yeah. You know, they're like, oh, I worked on my English paper. I'm like, on Friday night, Friday night, that's what you did. You worked you on your
0: English paper. You can't even get some good old fashioned dorm
1: drugs. Like what the hell? Nothing. <laughs> they can't do shit. And then some of them are like, well, we don't want to really um, go room to room there, even if they're not on lockdown. Yeah. They're like, we don't even want to go room to room. So if we allegedly happen to have any kind of beers or whatever, they get rolled.
0: <laughs> there's
1: nobody going anywhere. I, I, That's terrible. These kids have – there's no socialization for 2020 kids for college. It's <sighs> That's part of college. That's yeah. part of living in the dorms. Yeah. It's a big deal. Like, Otherwise, yeah. you could just – do everything online. This is a big deal. socialization. Learning about people. Sociology. Yeah. You know?
0: Ugh. Yeah. We, we need, we need like, that's <laughs> how you need to invest in red solo cups and pieces of string. S- <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I think, I mean, luckily people have their cell phones and I'll, I yeah. will say that didn't exist whenever I was younger, but you know, these kids, I'm just like, God, you guys can't go anywhere. They're like, well, so-and-so is going to have a party over at their apartment, but we're not going over there. Yeah. Because, well, then everybody in that apartment complex has been together, but we've been living in the dorms, so we're not going over there.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, the mom in me says, good job. Don't Mm -hmm. go over there and be a dipshit. But the pang in me says, (laughs) damn, man, you know, go have some fun. You're in college. You're 18. You're 19 years old, you know. So it's rough. I can't imagine it right but now. But
0: that's that's. I mean, and, and that that is something that people should hear clearly. They don't hear enough of. There's just there's too much bullshit about. Oh well, young people are still the problem with coronavirus and blah blah blah. <sighs> no, like, they no, they no, are not. I can not. tell you that.
1: <laughs> we we serve you know 800 kids a day, um, at True Blood for one meal, whether mm-hmm. it's breakfast, and then another 800 and 900 for lunch, and then probably over that for dinner. Mm-hmm. And every ch- kid, I almost said child, but because <laughs> they are, yeah. okay, they are masked, they are using sanitizer. These kids are behaving better than some of the 50 and 60 year olds that I, think I know.
0: Most of the 50 and 60 year olds, I'd say. At the, I mean, I just, I, I, it astounds me how many grown ass people
1: just. My father looked at me and he was like, when they did this last shutdown of all the uh, restaurants, you know, and he said, well, it's ridiculous that, um, you know, they're doing this to all the restaurants. It's all takeout, but they're not going to shut the schools down. Your my son's 12. Okay. So he goes to DeSoto grade school and he said, they're not going to, they're not going to shut down the schools. I said, no, what's pathetic is that a 12 year old can follow rules and wear a mask for eight hours a day. And what, uh, 50five- or 60-year-old or 70-year-old person <laughs> yeah. can't wear a mask for 30 minutes yeah. to go into the damn store. Mm-hmm. You know, little kids, they get it, because that's what they're told to do. Yeah It's the adults that are not doing with this well, and unfortunately, spiking cases in our region that's pathetic. I, we, I just buried my grandfather uh, two weeks ago to COVID. Oh my God.: Yeah. So uh, it's real. And it's in people's faces, and people want to pretend like it's not real, and it's not going to affect them, but it will. I'm sorry. Thank you. He was, he was older, you know. But yeah. regardless, he, you know, it's it's a deal. It's real. Yep. And people want to pretend like it's some political stance, and it's it's not political. It's, it's just living. It's wanting science, to live. It's for like God's a, sakes. Uh, you know, so. Not to get political on it no, or no, anything, no, but no, no, no,
0: no, you're 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 fine. I mean, you're, you're talking to one of the more political people in town. <laughs> uh, the, the, I, it just it's it is, you know, it's a, it's tough. You yeah, know, and it's especially when when people you know, kind of, uh, older folks shouldn't become a statistic in the way that they're able to leave this world. Right. I agree. Like there's there is a there's a way in which people should be able to 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 leave us. uh, That is not. uh, Well, you know. uh, Was was just a was just a part of this three, you know, pool of 300000 people. It's like, no, that person was a name. Right. Yeah. Like that person was an entire my entire lifetime of memories right if I if I'm if I'm mama paying I'm this person was 45 years of memories right with me you know
1: and I've had a couple friends that have been diagnosed with it one friend in particular I'll withhold names but one friend in particular that got it and he had some symptoms uh, but he didn't get super sick his wife and child had zero symptoms and oh, both wow. tested positive and lived in the same house. This is why masks are important. Yeah. Because you can be walking around with this and not know that you have this yeah. and make my grandpa sick. Yep. That's why masks are important. People think masks are there to protect you. They're not. They're not there to protect you at all. They're there to protect other people. So it's a selfless act to just put a damn mask we, we on.
0: Are, we are so conditioned in this country to be focused on our acts are effective to ourselves right that that seatbelts versus masks are a great example of that yeah that the seatbelt is to protect yourself so you do that because there is self-interest in it right right but people say oh i don't i don't need to wear a mask i'm not afraid of it but it's not about self-interest it's not about you at that point
1: yeah that's a that's a thing i don't I mean it's just I also it's this like I get so sick and tired of hearing um people talk about like the my son's 12 and I hear like oh well that generation you know they get trophies for everything well first of all no no he doesn't <laughs> but I'm like quit victimizing yourself yeah like I've heard the worst comparisons of the shutdown or this protection, protection for yeah, you. protection. That I can, I mean, I, just makes me physically sick. I've heard this compared to um, Nazi Germany. Yeah. I've, I, you are literally going to compare you not being able to go out to eat to millions of people being murdered. Yeah. that That's what, this is comparable to you. It's this victimization where if you just shut up, do your part, I'm getting on a tangent. No, I'm going to drop it. No,
0: no, no, no.
1: So because it's it's disgusting to me. Yeah. D- this victimization of, oh well, these kids, they 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 need a safe space for everything. Well, What what, the
0: fuck, man? What are you doing?
1: You're you're complaining because you can't go sit down in a restaurant? And you're a victim now?
0: If I have to watch one more... I don't have to watch these fucking news stories. If I have to see in my news feed as I scroll through Facebook, one more fucking news story about a restaurant that's defying the orders because for some reason TV3 thinks that's the thing they should cover. Dude, It's just it's beyond me. It's like no... Know what the messaging needs to be here. It's I've like just because somebody's over there stirring the pot doesn't mean that you need to take a picture of it.
1: Right. Like, I've, what I've the also fuck, started man? calling those places the COVID cafes <laughs> because I'm over it. Yeah. Mike, you know you do. I mean, whatever. I'm I'm not doing it. Yeah. I'm not participating in it. It sucks. Yeah. It hurts my pocketbook too, guys. I'm in the I'm in this industry.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm lucky enough to work at the university and have that. as as my backbone but (laughs) my staff isn't yeah you know and it sucks and it hurts and it hurts everybody's pocketbook but we're doing it because it's the right thing to do
0: yeah and at some point in time like money's just a thing man and like here's the other side of it i get that people be like well, people got to work and this, that, the other. First off, you're you're volunteering other people to put their lives on the line, I've not yourself. i said the same thing,
1: too. <laughs> you, I said what you are saying is I can go to work for uh-huh. you. I can go to work to serve you. That's what you're saying. Mm-hmm. You're not saying you're going to put your ass into serving 50, 75 people a day, mm-hmm. but you want to be able to come and be the one person that I serve. Yeah. No. That's not, that's not how it works. No. But – Again, that's a victim I I'm a victim because I can't order a freaking uh catfish sandwich. Yeah. Whatever. Well, you
0: can even still order the catfish sandwich. You just have to take it you home. You have to take it home,
1: <laughs> dumbass.
0: Take it home. I'll even teach you how to make tartar sauce. I promise. I, I keep I keep wanting to do a, a cooking show like utilizing the the equipment at hand that I've got to to do that and I've Still haven't, like, landed on how to do it or what to do or whatever. But Let's like, do it. I keep, and, and it's, you know, I mean, especially, I mean, fuck, man. First up, tartar sauce. First up, tartar sauce. That's <laughs> it. There, oh, my God. Maybe, maybe it's literally as simple as the sauce show. Right. Holy shit. Here's tartar shit. sauce.
1: Here's how to make tartar sauce for okay. your fish sticks.
0: All right. So, so, so the,
1: cocktail sauce for your shrimp.
0: The, the concept of the show is not cooking the food that you're going to eat. It's cooking the sauce that you're going to put the food on. So that way you don't have to have a full spread of cooking. Out of you, can out. Just, you can have the pre-prepared food that's going to dip in the sauce, but you find 15 minutes to spend on how to make the sauce. Right. God damn it, Mama Pang. You are fucking brilliant. Uh, 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 that is it. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> that is, uh, ah, ah, I'm so excited. Um, I'm so excited I'm cutting the podcast off. That's it. It was so good that I don't want to go into any further detail because I might give away the secret sauce. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That is um, episode 22 of the WTF Carbondale podcast. As I count down 20 seconds to hit the hour mark, Um, Mama uh, Pang, Mama too many in so many different ways uh, here in Carbondale and uh, you know all over the world and country now, because let's be real. If mama Pang fed you, you got to take a little mama Pang home <laughs> with you. That's just how that works. And
1: I love you all right back.
0: Okay. So just kidding. We're two more. One more thing. And I, cause okay. I didn't get to like land this earlier when you were talking about um, perfection and drive and energy and whatever, when you were talking about Jeremy Chen. Oh, okay. A- and the, the, what I will say is, Your energy and your ability to feed people, proverbially, not physically, but like proverbially, right, is what other people are able to utilize to drive themselves in the way that Jeremy does. That man,
1: I'm going to tell you what, though. That kid is (laughs) another freaking level. Good. I mean, he is. And polite, intelligent, so sweet, you know, I, I'm thankful i got I got a chance to know him and and feed him, you know? Yeah.
0: Well, and we are we are thankful that uh, Mama Peng has gotten a chance to uh let us know her and for her to feed us. And uh, this time I'll we'll actually end the podcast, not just a flip back and forth. Uh, have a good one, ladies Thank and gentlemen Thank you. Are we done? We're done. Whatever that one may be.